If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Through 25 seasons, 4,561 episodes, I believe The Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly, I miss him every single minute. The LOLs, the moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. What if I told you that in 10 days you could lose two inches around your waist and drop a dress size and never feel hungry once? Dr. Mehmet Oz is back and he claims, this is what he says, he has the real weapon against fat. Don't we want to know what that is? Yes. And... And the best way to lose it once and for all. He says that the key to achieving the best body for you, not Jennifer Aniston's body, but for you, has less to do with your weight and everything to do with your waistline. Oprah, the reason we measure weight is because it's easy to do, but it's actually misleading in many ways. First of all, there are a lot of muscly people out there who weigh a lot, right? Yeah. Muscle weighs more than fat. That's why fat floats. Remember hearing that as a kid? And that's one of the misleading parts about measuring your weight alone. Plus, weight doesn't tell you where the fat is. Now, if the fat's down your thighs, that'll cost you some dates, but it's not gonna cost you your life. The fat here, <laughs> here. this is the fat that's gonna hurt you, and yeah. that's what we wanna talk about today. Okay, and why does this fat hurt you? Because deep inside there, not just beneath the skin, but deep inside, there's an organ mm -hmm. that actually is right around all of your bodily organs, your liver, your stomach, and everything okay. else, and it squishes them. Okay, so what's a healthy waist? Well, for a woman and then for a man? The ideal waist for a female should be under 32 and a half inches. Yes! I say that today. And, and for a guy, what is it? And for a guy, it should be under 35 inches. 35? Now, now the... <laughs> there's, there's one yeah. <laughs> really? Under 35? Yep, that should be the ideal waist. And as you get more than that, that costs you years of life. And so these are points that are critically important for folks to get through because uh -huh. if you're gonna keep a number to focus on, it's not your weight, it's your waist size. Okay, so what did you learn about this audience? Didn't everybody get their waist taken when you came in? 
Okay, and what did you find? Well, we took everyone's waist size, and for the females, 47% okay. of you were more than 32 and a half inches. Oh. So almost half of you have a waist size that's too much. Now, among the men, and there are not a ton of them, but there are men in the audience. One, two. <laughs> okay, three, four, five, six. Okay, good. But among the men, 93% had a waist size that was greater than 35 inches. Really? Yep. These guys look really slim to me. Okay, so how does a guy get a waistline under 35? I don't, what's yours, do you know? Yeah, mine's about 34 inches. 34? Yeah. Okay. Dr. Oz has joined forces once again with Dr. Michael Royson to develop a plan that they say really works. Not for a week, not for a month, which we've all done that, right? Not for a, forever, for a lifetime. And they lay this all out in their book. It's called You on a Diet. And Dr. Oz says that what makes this diet special is it's really not a diet, right? No, this is an operating system for understanding how your body works in the world around it. Take whatever diet you want to do, it's got to fulfill these specifications because there are things that we know biologically have to happen for a diet to work for you. That's just the science. Biologically, some things have to happen. So we're going to hear what that is. Dr. Oz says the fight of a lifetime really comes down to 100, calorie, 100 calories a day. Amazingly. And we looked at the data for people who lost weight for two years and kept it off. And for folks who've been able to lose a lot of weight, it's all about 100 calories a day. Now, here's why. This is really important. If you try to starve yourself yeah. and drop 400 calories down below what you normally eat, yeah. you'll do it for a while, and you'll lose fat. Then you'll get mad. Bingo. And <laughs> I've been there. You and just psychotic. Get you get mad, and you want to eat everything. Yeah. And you can't do that. Okay. Also, your metabolism drops down. As your metabolism drops down... So your metabolism drops when? When you... Start to starve yourself. Start to starve Look, yourself. So the reality is you can't lose more than 100 calories a day for any long period of time. You can do it for a short period of time. 100 calories a day is not a lot to cut. Isn't this exciting? <laughs> this is exciting because 100 calories a day. But you're not going drop it, to drop it immediately, right? You're not going to drop it immediately. And you don't have to. And the part of the, of the biology of blubber is that you have to actually understand what's going on. You know, we have a lot of knowledge, right? Uh -huh. We sit on these shows, we teach people a lot of facts about things that are happening in their lives, what to eat, what not to eat. What we want to do is make it visceral, bring it alive, give you the understanding so you can take that knowledge and be motivated by well, it. You did that for us with poop, so yes. I know you can do it with Dr. <laughs> Dr. Oz says there's something inside of us that we all have that plays a key role in making us fat. So what is, and some, do some of us have it more than others? Some of us have I'm, more than others, Yeah, yes. I must have more than others. <laughs> But, okay, but so the, what is that thing? Well, there's an organ that you have inside of you. We're going to teach a little bit of vocabulary today. This is a critical part of it okay. called the omentum. It sounds like momentum, but without the M. Okay. This organ literally pumps chemicals into your body, and it holds the secrets. There's much of what you have to understand. Where is it? To lose where, where, where is it in your body? It's actually hooked up to your stomach, but I did better. I brought you some. You brought Now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a little omentum never hurt anybody. <laughs> So, I've got to show you first a normal momentum. Now, this, when, when, when. Well, everybody has some. Everybody has some. Okay. Just like poop, everyone's got some. Everybody's right? got some, okay? So, when you lo look at the momentum, you can see through it, right? Yeah. I can see you through it. Lacey. Mm -hmm. Lacey. It's like stockings. Momentum is supposed to be thin like this. This person had a thin belly. Okay. Now, once you, oh, you can get your gloves on now. Yeah. Thanks. I know you love this part. Yeah. But I now, don't like it without gloves. Yeah, no, it's better with gloves. So you can see how thin the omentum can be. Now, what we're going to do, you can hold it with one hand. No, I want two. Oh, you're so... <laughs> You've gotten so conservative. Yes, 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 yes. Now, that's a thin person's omentum. Now, I'm going to show you... 
battle. Man. I can't see you for this. Now this momentum, this momentum is from a different kind of person. This person had a lot of fat in their belly. By the way, not hundreds of pounds of fat. This person was 30 to 40 pounds overweight. When really? Now, what I want to point out is you see <laughs> everybody look at you. <laughs> this is the omentum you want. <laughs> yes, yes. Thin, lacy omentum, yes. Now, the omentum, you notice, is transparent and thin. It actually has spaces where fat can get stuck in the neck. So this is not fat itself. This it, is not fat. The omentum is not the fat. The omentum is supposed to have a little bit of fat on it. Because okay. historically, we needed to store fat quickly. That's why uh, this organ is so important to us. Just want to know, who'd you get this from? This person didn't do so well. The, yeah. these, are, these are from autopsies from people who have died for different reasons. Okay. This person actually died of heart disease, and this is one of the reasons they died of heart disease. But the key thing to know about omentum is that it's like a, a fish net, and it catches fat fish, and those fat molecules grow, and they become like this over time. Now, so I'm trying to understand, because I'm not quite clear. Is this in your stomach or attached to your stomach, or what? It's attached to the bottom of your stomach, okay. and it's the actual organ of the stomach underneath the muscle of the belly. You can't feel this from outside. You can't. But when someone's beer-bellied, you know how they get that tense, big look? Yeah. That's And this. tight, and it's right. tight. It's this, oh, pushing that's up what against your stomach. And it coils up in there. But I want to show you one thing, if I could. Okay, good. When you have normal omentum, the liver stays normal. The fatty omentum turns your liver white. It gives you a fatty appearance, and the fatty liver is present in 10% of all Americans. This is important, because less than one is omentum, less than two is the metabolic machine of your body is the liver. Really? If the liver's not happy, you're not happy, and that's when you gain weight. The liver's not happy, you're not happy. Okay, let's go to the animation and show us how, how food turns to fat in our bodies. So if you look inside your body, and here's that liver, by the way, the gallbladder, here's this is the omentum hanging down off the stomach. Let's say your food in the stomach, you're being pushed slowly past the stomach lining into the small bowel. This small bowel of food mixes up with bile. And as the bile enters into it, it mixes like soap. It washes the fat. Yeah. It makes it so you can absorb it. As that bile mixes with the, the, the food that you've taken in, it begins to get absorbed across the wall. As it gets absorbed, if it's healthy oils, for example, it makes your liver very happy. But if this is full of trans fats and hydrogenated fats and foods that aren't good for you, it's very toxic to the liver. Now watch what happens to the liver. It turns from that burgundy, rich red color to a white color. It gets blanched. This is the fatty liver that we're talking about that's present in so many people. And this holds a secret for us. Where's the omentum? I'm looking that's at that. That's the omentum right here. That fatty layer. Now watch it. Watch how it gets pushed out towards you. It's dragged ah. out as you accumulate more fat there. Now, as, in addition to the fat accumulating in your omentum and giving this big protuberant belly, let's focus in on what happens in the small intestine. In the small intestine, you've got this bolus of food going by. Now remember, you've got 100 million neurons in your gut. You have more serotonin here than anywhere else in the body. In fact, 95% of it's here. And finally, it, that stuff comes into the large bowel. Now, look at this. This is key. This is what's fascinating. Everybody's laughing, but we all have this. This is the, this is the common bond between all of us, correct? Absolutely. No matter who you are. There's a little valve here as this food passes from the small bowel to the large bowel. You have does it a, come out like that? It like, does, just like that. And there's a break on there. That break slows down this fluid coming past here. That break is stimulated by fiber. The reason people who have breakfast lose weight is because they have fiber in their diet. So this food doesn't come through quite as quickly, so you don't feel hungry as quickly. Got it. So you have less calories in your meal, you still feel full, and life's going well. Fantastic. Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. 44-year-old Michelle was like millions of you, just like it. Meet Michelle, a former model who is now a stressed-out single working mom. Michelle's love for food and cooking helped her pack on 30 extra pounds. I just eat big portions, and I think I really got into that when I was pregnant because I kind of just thought I could eat as much as I wanted to, and it's hard to turn that off now. Before she knew it, her weight and her life were out of control. It was just a very, very, very intense year. I was balancing a very demanding job with a baby and a teenager with raging hormones and divorcing uh, from my second marriage. Depressed, Michelle turned to food again for comfort. This is usually the way I, I often eat and at work too. I, I usually like grab something and then work while I eat. Late at night, she would binge on unhealthy foods like crackers slathered with butter and cheese toast. I've just gained so much weight and it's definitely hard. A surprise knock at the door is about to change everything for Michelle. Surprise. Oh my God. We're here to help. Oh my gosh, how are you? How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I was just thinking, I was just thinking that. Would you be happy to see you? Or like, <laughs> uh, how did you find my address? <laughs> well, here's how she got started. Dr. Oz and Dr. Royzen say Michelle can take off the weight with four simple steps. First, she must know her numbers. Weight, waist, blood pressure, and cholesterol. Moment of truth. I'm going to start crying. I'm afraid I'm so bummed out. 165 and a half. 165 and a half. I've gained five pounds this point. Suck in, suck in, suck in, suck in. It's, uh, suck in, suck in. It's about 37 and a quarter inches. 147 over 98. Michelle's blood pressure reading is devastating. She finds out that she has hypertension. The brutal truth hits home. That's scared now. <laughs> scared. <laughs> you know what? We're going to get the blood pressure down, the cholesterol no, down. My dad died so young. <laughs> you have the benefit of knowledge, and knowledge is power. Look at Michelle. She puts her son Alex first. She puts her work first. She puts the barriers of keeping her household as a single mother together first. So she never comes in line. She never comes up. That's why showing her that she had physical problems that would end her life prematurely and therefore leave her kids alone was one of the best ways to get her to turn around. Now that Michelle knows her stats, she can take the next step. It's time to trash those bad habits. Bad. And bring on the healthy stuff. Oh, this food is making me hungry. Finally, the doctors prescribe a simple exercise plan. For 30 minutes every day, just walk a few thousand steps. 10,000 steps a day is the goal. Armed with these simple steps, this busy mom is off and running. Okay, three weeks into her program, Michelle realized that losing weight is about more than just dieting. Of course, it is. I'm just here without anything between me and my emotions. And I think that's something that happens on a, a diet where you're not using 
food or even wine or anything as a barrier between you and your feelings. And especially because I'm alone and my children aren't here, I can show my feelings because you try to stay strong for your children. So when Dr. Oz and Dr. Royzen met Michelle, she was at her all-time highest weight of 165 pounds. It's been four months since she started the program, and now she is 25 pounds lighter and has lost 10 inches around her waist. Here's Michelle. You got your life back. I so understand what you were talking about on the tape about not having anything between you and the food because for years I've worked with Bob Green and that was the emotional key for me, yeah. the click. Yeah. That I you were eating to... Fill up the void. Fill up the void. Yeah. Right. So you were a size 14. Yes. And now you're a size... Eight. Size eight. <laughs> And I understand that your cholesterol and blood pressure were also high. Were they not when she started? Michelle's cholesterol was about 250. And it, now, she doesn't know these results because I just got them back, but her cholesterol has dropped more than 50 points. Wow. Especially the bad cholesterol, the lousy cholesterol. So, okay, everybody, everybody in this country has been on a diet. Did this feel like a diet to you? No, no, yeah. it's not a diet. I mean, that's the extraordinary thing is it's really a lifestyle choice. Mm -hmm. So what did you do? What did you cut out in your life? Well, first of all, I used to, when I wanted to lose weight, I would starve myself all day, and then yeah. I would be furiously hungry at night and eat like a pig. And so on this diet, you don't skip meals. It's, yeah. it's tremendously important. And then I cut out, I didn't even know how much sugar I was eating. You know, I thought I was educated. I went to an Ivy League school. I thought I was really educated, but I was so ignorant about nutrition. Really? Yeah, because nobody taught me these things. Well, Dr. Royzen says that you'll <laughs> never think about how much you're eating or not eating on this plan. And how is that? Well, what science has taught us is this momentum causes us to produce hormones that make us hungry. So our body is working against us. But what we've also learned is that you can eat foods that turn off those so your body is working for you so you never feel hungry. And so those are fiber foods, right? Those are fiber foods and some whole grain foods that are fiber-like uh -huh. and avoiding simple sugars. Okay. That's the key. That is the key. Right. So I want to recap just exactly what we're talking about here. Michelle did. First, she took her stats and you measured your waist, right? Yes. Then she threw 38. out 38 at the time. Now you're 28. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. <laughs> then she threw out foods that are bad and replaced them with healthy foods. So what, like, for example? Well, I didn't even realize pasta had enriched flour in it. I didn't really know what enriched flour was, to tell you the <laughs> truth, and I was eating a lot of it. For example, I replaced that with 100% whole wheat pasta. Uh -huh. I didn't know 100% whole wheat pasta existed. Wow. It does. It's good. <laughs> yeah, and when you mix it with vegetables and get a really good tomato sauce, it tastes the same. Yeah. So you started walking also. But tomato sauce also, you had to look at the sugar content. That yeah. was another thing. I was eating tomato sauces that had a tremendous amount of sugar in them. Then I started walking. And that, for me, was I had to have something that was practical that could fit into my life. Uh -huh. but I don't have time to go to the gym. I have a 16-year-old. and a So you got one of those little walkers? Because that was about 20 steps right there. So <laughs> Right. Thank you so much. Keep it up. Thank That's you. Thank you. You really want to fight, fight the fact. I say spice it up. Try red pepper and cinnamon. They can actually help reduce your appetite.
If you want to eat less, start with a smaller plate. Studies show you'll eat 33% less. And people who eat breakfast every day are thinner. So jumpstart your metabolism with breakfast. Don't miss it. We're back with Dr. Oz and Dr. Michael Royzen, the co-authors of You on a Diet. And they say the secret to keeping cravings at bay is having emergency foods on hand at all times. So what are the emergency foods you think we should have? Well, emergency foods you want are, tend to be foods that are a little crunchy with some sweetness to them. So apples and carrots are great examples of these. Yeah. In addition, some, some of these vegetable So you uh, just strengths. cut some up and put them in a the bag. That's what I do. Cut them up and put them in a bag. Or, or I love nuts also, by the way, as, yeah. as you do. Um, but also, you can get something like V8 juice, a vegetable juice. Those are great just to take the edge off you. Yeah. And finally, you know those little Listerine breath strips? Yeah. I like those because a lot of times we have a craving center in our brain and it says, put something in me. It doesn't tell you what. That's why that craving center, which is deep inside your brain, says water, which we don't drink enough of, food, which you can use the strips for to, to get your body going, but you need sex too, which is one of the ways you feed your craving center, and you need sleep. Well, some people aren't getting that. So. Some people aren't getting that. Well, listen. I know a lot of people out there who, yeah, <laughs> who are saying, find me somebody and I'll have some, okay? <laughs> But you know, the other part is if you're not gonna have sex, at least sleep. Because sleep also satiates your satiety center. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dr. Oz says that the most powerful muscle in our body could be making you fat. What is the most powerful muscle? Well, the most powerful muscle, the tongue. Now, really? people don't believe that. They think their tongue is a little itty bitty thing. So here's the tongue. Uh, now, if you look down the, the pike there. That's an old tongue, right? Yes, this is an old tongue. <laughs> So if you look down the pipe, that's the little nodule you see flat hanging uh, in the back uh, of your mouth. When you say ah, ah, that's it, that's ah. right there. <laughs> so your tongue is pointed out this way. This is the area in the back of the tongue you see. Look how big that, that tongue is. Look how big that is. Yeah, that's big. And where's this little hole going? That's the windpipe. Oh, that's my so windpipe. So windpipe, and then this, that's that little knot. You know that little thyroid there? This yeah. little thing here? Oh, that's that, that. That's the bone right there. Okay. So that, ha uh, ha. Uh. Now, if you look at the tongue, it can tell us a lot about why you eat certain foods. For example, if you don't have a lot of taste buds in your tongue, yeah. that means you're a low taster. It means when you eat certain foods, they don't have the gusto that you want, so you eat more of them. That makes sense to me, because there are some people I know who just don't like food. Yeah. They don't like to eat. They only eat just, you know people like that? They just eat just to, you know, well, to live. The, yeah, the they eat to live. <laughs> If you paint the tongue blue, and you can use blue food dyes, yeah. easily available, and you see a lot of little taste buds on there, that means you actually taste things as being bitter often, so you don't eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. So guess what? What? They get polyps in their intestines because they don't eat any of the foods they're supposed to eat. Wow. So you can learn a lot about your body and your habits by understanding your own anatomy, and we're all different. A quarter of us are under-tasters, a quarter of us are over-tasters, and about half of us are in the middle. Easy way to figure it out, Take a, a little bit of water, about a tennis ball amount of water, and put some sweet and low in it. There's a tennis ball. A tennis ball amount of water. Yeah. Take a packet of sweet and low and dump it in there. Okay, mix it up. Then take a spoon and taste it. Okay, if and it, if it tastes sweet? That means that you're under taster. You actually, it takes more to get your taste buds going. Okay. If it, if it tastes bitter, it means that saccharin overpowered your taste buds, which means actually you're a super taster. And you can sort of figure out what, where your weaknesses are. If, you're a super taster, which means you like to eat a lot of food. No, super tasters don't like vegetables and fruits. They taste too poignant, too strong for them. Oh, okay. They need to take a multivitamin. Because if you don't like to eat those foods, you need to get that nutritious food somewhere else. If you're an under taster, if it tastes sweet, mm -hmm. it means that you're gonna crave a lot of foods because you can never satisfy your palate. So you're gonna want a lot more of it. You're saying that, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, because you know, I don't crave sweets, I crave salts. Is there something that tells you about that? 
salty, crunchy yeah. things. Our taste buds behave differently. About the only thing we can really alter is our craving of fat, which is acquired. The rest of our traits tend to be inherited. So okay. your family, your ancestors needed salt in their lives. Yeah. They didn't need sweets. Right. So in order to survive, you crave more salt, which leads to potentially other issues, but you know, that's how you are. That's your genes. Let's yeah. work with it. Okay, one of the eating strategies Dr. Royzen recommends is that we automate breakfast and lunch. What does that mean? Have the same thing every day for breakfast or the same group of things. So you like steel-cut oatmeal. It might be steel-cut oatmeal or Cheerios or an egg white omelet, but you don't think about it. Why we get so fat is we have so many choices okay. that we want one of everything. Yeah. So you want to have the same thing every day for breakfast and, or the same little few variety of things and the same thing every day for lunch. Okay. On the program, what we try to do is to help you make the important decisions in your life in the supermarket. Yeah. We also want to give you tricks when you eat out. Uh -huh. And so you actually are equipped to deal with the different challenges you're going to face in life. You take those into your routine, you automate them, and it just takes off. Are we... Your body takes you to your playing weight. But yep. let me ask you this. Aren't we just destined to get fatter as you get older? No. You're not. People think that. Our metabolism, absolutely not. That's exciting. I've, that always heard, I've always heard that you automatically, Absol especially women during menopause. Yeah. Well, me menopause has offers hormonal changes that sometimes put wa water on your body. But here's the bigger issue. Your waist size is dependent on how many calories you burn more than anything else. As we get older, our metabolism slows down 1% or 2%. It's nothing. Okay. What changes is your activity level. Okay. We stop moving around. You don't want to sit still, fidget, move around. Yeah, yeah, this. yeah, yeah. You yeah. only burn about a third of your calories by physical exercise. A lot of it comes about just because of the way your body behaves. The way you move. So we're not destined to get fatter as we get older. Categorically not, and more importantly, getting fatter changes your life dramatically. Not just because you don't look good, but you age differently on the outside and the inside, and that's really the main focus. Look, Mike and I are doctors. I want you guys to look beautiful out there, but we want you to be alive to enjoy it, and that's what this is all about. So what's the one thing that most people eat several times a day and have no idea what it's doing to them? Well, one of the, the, the sugars that we know are in, that's in our food line right now, and it says, you know, low fats, we eat it all the time, is high fructose corn syrup. And let's go over the, the biology here. This is really important. You have two chemicals that govern how much you're gonna eat. The first one is called ghrelin. It sounds like gremlin, right? Mm -hmm. Ghrelin comes from your stomach. You know when your stomach growls and makes you want to get hungry? Mm -hmm. that's, that's ghrelin. That hormone tells you to eat. Now, there's always a balance. The other side is leptin. Leptin is in your fat, tells your brain, hey, I'm here, don't eat anymore, I got enough. Mm -hmm. Leptin sounds like leprechaun. They fight each other. If you eat high fructose foods. You can't hear leptin. Can't hear leptin. You can't hear leptin. So, so your, but your brain, your brain Leptin's takes the going, I'm here, and I'm, stop. I'm, I'm not listening. Yeah. I don't hear you. Okay, okay. Now, the other side of it is the ghrelin. One of the biggest problems we have in America is we sit down and eat, and we are famished. We want to eat. However, if you take about a handful of nuts a half hour before that meal, your ghrelin level starts to dive. So by the time you sit down, you're not famished anymore. It takes about half an hour. A handful of nuts, but nothing with sugar in it, because sugar would make you hungrier. Exactly. Okay. Now, here's what happens normally. You sit down, mm, eating away. It takes you about 10 minutes to finish your meal. Your ghrelin levels, your biology feedback mechanism, takes a half an hour to come down. So by the time your body can tell you, hey, you've eaten enough, it's too late. You've eaten three times. You've gone back three times already. Or exactly. Yeah. yeah. Seconds. So what exactly can you eat on this new diet plan? Well, here are some of Dr. Oz and Dr. Royzen's suggestions. For breakfast, try steel-cut oatmeal, one of my favorites, with a handful of walnuts and some flaxseed oil. For lunch, soups are great, not canned, but fresh. For dinner, salmon is the best option. Also, try to incorporate fresh fruits and vegetables, anything that looks like it does in nature. 
For salads, stick to the leafy greens with vinegar and olive oil. Oprah, this is really important. What are the key words for America to remember? Gremlin. Gremlin. Right? Makes your stomach go up higher, and which is what the nuts reduce. Yes. So it doesn't churn your stomach so much. So when you've actually sat down to eat, you eat what you want to eat. You don't eat because you're famished. Okay. Give your biology a chance. Gremlin, and what's the other thing? Leptin. Leptin. Sounds like leprechaun. Leprechaun. That's your fat crying out to your brain, I'm here, please stop, please. So, so if you ate more slowly, you would, you would hear that sooner. That's why that's so important. Chew your food completely so yeah. that it slows you down. Yeah. And then as you eat slowly, your biology has a chance to catch up because that's what's supposed to happen. And that's why water's important because water actually will get that stomach to feel like it's satiated. Remember, you have a feeding center with four drives. Uh-huh. Hunger for food, <laughs> hunger for thirst. There we go. I try to drink a glass every show. <laughs> Sex and sleep, those are the four drives. If you don't get enough of them, if you don't get sleep, you're gonna crave carbohydrates. Do the four, do the four enough, do the four. Food, water, sex, sleep. Those are the four driving centers in our brain. Okay. You're gonna want those things food, no matter water, what you sleep. think. Okay. If you don't sleep, you're gonna eat carbohydrates. You're gonna crave that them. That is true. When you're really tired, because you're tired and you're really tired and you think if you eat, it's gonna make you feel better, right? Nada. Okay, nada. Not happening. So food, sex, water, sleep. Exactly. That's what your body has to have. You gotta feed it that, give it that one way or the other. Okay, so what about all these single women out here? I'll look. No, really, seriously. I hear this all the time, you know, because Gail is a single woman, and I hear this all the time about single, you know, single women who aren't getting any. Sex. Mike and I spend a lot of time working with folks on different weight loss strategies. There are people we know who, because they were able to get healthy monogamous sex, lost weight. Really? Not only do they have the pride in themselves, but you know, Oprah, a lot of people eat because they feel this deep void in themselves. Yeah. They have a hole in their soul. Yeah. And they need to satisfy The void them. comes from many different things. Many things. Okay. Let's talk about that U-turn. All right. You're driving your car along. Yeah. And you missed a turn. Yeah. All right. What does your GPS system say to you? It doesn't berate you and get mad at you and shame on you. It says, it says, at the next available moment, make an authorized U-turn. Yeah. There's no, there's not a lot of baggage going along with that. That's what life with dieting is all about. Make it simple enough that you can do it every day. And when you make a mistake, don't fret it, move on. Yeah. You know, if you cut that cake a little bit wrong, don't round it out until you finally, yeah. you finally say, hey, honey, pass over the really whole That's a really good pie. analogy, because I often think that the GPS, I was riding with Stephen one day, and I thought the GPS was gonna say, I told you <laughs> to turn left, and you didn't. Anyway, okay. Most Americans have dinner delivered to them at least once a week, but 31-year-old Jody has food brought to her door every single day, and at five foot two and 206 pounds, it had taken a dangerous toll on her body. I've always had a weight problem. <laughs> I don't like any of it. I've done every fad diet that is out there. Jody says she's too busy to cook healthy food, so she eats out or orders in every single meal. Thank, Thank you. you. Have a nice day. You too. I know the things I'm supposed to eat and not supposed to eat. I'm just gonna have a cheddar cheeseburger and a Diet Coke. Jody's weight is putting a strain on her marriage to Hyam. You cannot go and eat and then go shopping and then cry to me after, oh, nothing is not fit me. I know he doesn't like when I eat certain things, so I don't like to eat in front of him. So I sneak food instead. <laughs> the doctors pay Jody an early morning house call. They discover she starts each day with a very unhealthy habit. What is this? That's bacon, egg, and cheese. Delicious. And it's on a bagel? Yes. Yeah. Jody consumes two-thirds of her recommended daily calories during breakfast alone. Here is what that is doing to her body. About 40 inches. Jody's waist is eight inches larger than it should be. 
Now it's time to measure Jody's body fat. And here we go. Remember, a healthy amount for a woman is 25 to 30 percent. And the answer is 50 percent. Half of you is fat. Well, here's what Jody needed to do to get her life back on track, and you can do this too. The doctor's program begins with a kitchen raid, and they don't like what they see. Fractionated palm kettle oil. Okay, that's a bad oil. That's a saturated fat. Enriched wheat flour. So that means throw it away. Next thing. Enriched parboiled long grain rice. Throw it away. If she's going to eat right, she's going to have to move right, too. Come on, five more seconds. You're a strong woman. A few days into this program, and Jody has had some success. Okay, here goes me and Bon Jovi walking. And some struggles. That's tempting for me, is ice cream. It's been five weeks, and Jody's at the halfway mark. Then Dr. Oz shows up. I got a surprise for you. In the middle of the street? Yes. You're going to make me weigh myself in the middle of the street? Yes, you are. Can I take my shoes off? You can take your shoes off. You made her weigh herself in the middle of the street? Yep, uh, 50th in Madison. Wow. In four months, and Jody's lost 34 pounds. Stand up, Jody. That's great. That's fantastic. How do you feel? I feel terrific. How many inches have you lost from your Nine. Weight? Nine inches. Nine inches. It's all about the waist. Yeah. Now, this is important. When, when Mike and I broke into your apartment, we didn't tell you this, but if your waist size is 40 inches, 40 inches, you, you've got the same chance, if you're age 50, of dying as if you have certain types of cancer, including breast cancer. So this is not a small problem. You know, people hammer things like gastric bypass surgery and medications. We don't want you to do that stuff either. But if you've got a waist size that large, you know, if you had cancer, would you have surgery? Yes, of course. Yes. So if the risk of the omental fat makes you same risk as having cancer, then we got to start getting drastic. America doesn't did. know this, though. America does not know this. Everybody thinks it's, it's a beauty issue. It's about how you look in your genes. But it's very serious. If, what you're saying is being overweight is, can be, in some cases, compared to having cancer, that is really serious. If you're age 55 and your waist is over 40 inches as a female, it's the same risk of dying as having breast cancer. And if you're a male at 44 inches, tell your spouse is this, risk is the same as having prostate cancer. It's a big deal. But this is an upbeat show, and the reason it's upbeat is because you can change that. <laughs> you can change that absolutely. You saw momentum. These rules are not rocket science. And science has finally caught up with what America really needs, which is to understand the biology of our bodies so you can go where you need to go effortlessly and for the rest of your lives. Thank you, Jody. You look great. Thank you. Do you know that the food you crave might just depend on your mood? If meat is on your mind, you might be angry. Wanting a sweet treat might be a sign of depression. While coveting soft and sweet foods like ice cream might mean you're anxious. We often reach for salty snacks when we're stressed and stick to your rib foods like pasta if you're feeling lonely or sexually frustrated. And if you have a hankering for all of the above, you might be just a little bit jealous. Thank you there. Wow, <laughs> that's fascinating information. How does that happen? Well, you know, our bodies are designed to fulfill our needs and certain foods are lacking in us and it makes our brains behave differently. You know, the gut and the brain are the two most closely related, related organs. And so it makes perfect sense that the foods we eat change the way our brains function. Right. Not just what foods we crave, which was that was about, but also how our brain acts going forward. Okay, because I, yeah, when I'm stressed, I want salty, crunchy things. 
Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. And if you're depressed, you should take omega-3 fatty acids, especially, by the way, women who are having babies. That baby sucks all that healthy fat out of your body, and you get depressed after you have this beautiful, brilliant, wonderful baby. And we can't have that happening, and it happens because omega-3 fatty acids get sucked out of your brain. This is just the basic biology of how our body works. Really? Omega-3 fatty acids, which are good for everything else. They're good for a ton of things. Anyway. Okay, Dr. Roizen says that this is what you need to do to get yourself in better shape and healthier. You need to read the labels. And in that text part of the label that no one wants to read because it's really small print, hydrogenated oils, you want to avoid them. They often masquerade as partially hydrogenated oils. Okay, hydrogenated oils. Second thing is if it's got sugar. Mm -hmm. Third thing is fructose, like in high fructose corn syrup. We eat 63 pounds of that a year which puts 33 pounds on the typical American. If all you did was eliminate that, you'd eliminate 33 pounds a year. Of high fructose corn syrup. In 1960, we ate none. Now we eat 63 pounds of it. Enriched flour, that means they took all the good stuff out and put a little back. And, if you will, ble bleached flour, another one of the white foods. So you look two places on the label. One place on the label is you look in that text area and in that text area, if you see any of those five foods, this is a great cookie because it's got four of the five foods in the first five ingredients, right? I mean, they almost got a full, you know, a full house. And on the other side, you want to make sure you have less than four grams of saturated fat and less than four grams of sugars per serving. This, this is not a good food. So it's four and four? Less right. than four saturated fat, less than four Sugar. sugars. And so the polyunsaturateds and the monounsaturateds mono are okay. They're good for you. Okay. They're those good fats that fight depression. So enriched flour, sugar, hydrogenated oils, and fructose corn syrup. This has it all. That's it. As does most things. Once you start reading the label, you're going to see most. So then what are we going to eat? Well, because everything has this in it. Well, first of all, if you go to the produce aisle in the supermarket, the produce aisle, those fruits and vegetables, that's not what they look like. Correct. They don't have any of these items. Okay. So packaged goods, right off the bat, you're a little bit behind the eight ball because they have to make these foods that not just taste good, but stay on the shelf forever. Right. And they also want to make it in a cost-effective fashion. What we just showed you is the secret to buying in a supermarket. We also have secrets for how to eat out. For example, if you're sitting down for dinner and they give you bread and butter, give the bread back and ask for some cut vegetables, you know, steaks, carrots, celery, whatever, and pass the butter back and get olive oil. Because so I'm going to give up the bread. Yep. I thought you were going to say I could keep the bread with the olive oil. No? <laughs> you can do that if you want. Okay. But look, Oprah, the biggest mistakes we make... Because I read someplace that the bread with the olive oil is better than just the bread. Oh, for sure. For Absolutely. Sure. And that is because... Because the olive oil is very good for you. It has yeah. omega-3 fatty acids if it's good oil. But the bigger issue is young women especially probably get about half their calories from salad dressing. Why? Because you're having mayonnaise and ketchup mixed together. Yeah, and you think you're eating healthy. Give that back and get olive oil and vinegar, and that should be what you have on your salad. Yeah. That's a healthy meal that you can take anywhere. Olive oil and lemon's also very good. Also good. With a little garlic. Okay, so I'm with Dr. Mehmet Oz, who claims, he says, he has the only four <laughs> exercises you are going to ever need to do again. Let's hear it. Well... <laughs> If you can get me off of that treadmill, I will be grateful for it. No, you're going to stay on the treadmill, but here's how it works. You need to walk every single day. Walking is good for a bunch of okay. reasons. It builds your core muscles, but it also gets you confident that you can make any change in life. The first step when you stop smoking cigarettes, start walking. The first step to lose weight, start walking. It's easy to do. You can't get hurt. There's right. no excuses around Okay, good. Item two, you got to build muscle. The only way to build muscle is to lift weights. You only have to do it for about half an hour a week, but you've got to do that. Now, here's the deal. Your muscle burns 50 times more calories than fat. 
50 times. So if you're not building muscle, you can't, you can't keep losing weight because eventually okay. you'll lose so much muscle you can't eat anything. If you look at both Michelle and Jody, their metabolic rates went up as they lost weight. Because they were lifting. Because they were lifting and they're yeah. building muscle mass. Yeah. Okay. Number three, three is you gotta get a little bit of sweat going. About an hour a week, you gotta break a sweat. That's actually important for your heart. The number one predictor of how long you're gonna live is how well you can exercise your heart. So if you can push yourself to sweat for an hour a week, that's great. You can break it down into three little segments of 20 minutes each. And finally, this is really important, you gotta stretch. And the reason for that is you get hurt if you don't. So my stretching is yoga, I do it every morning. You can call it whatever you wish, but those basic things you did in high school when you're trying to get your warm up for a game or practice, yeah. that's what you gotta do. Mm -hmm. Okay, goodbye everybody, such great information. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening.